Welcome to our podcast, Multiple Myeloma Morning Commute. Can we do better in relapsed refractory disease? Morning Commute is developed in collaboration with At Point of Care and Projects and Knowledge and is part of a continuing medical education series. This independent CME-CE activity is supported by an educational grant from Oncopeptides and Sanofi Genzyme. In this episode, Dr. Ravi Vij and Dr. Thomas Martin talk about some new agents in the armamentarium for the treatment of multiple myeloma. Specifically, they will discuss Selenexor, Isotuximab, and Belantamab, and how these are fitting in with current clinical practice. Information about the faculty and disclosures can be found at morningcommutepodcast.com forward slash multiple myeloma two. You can use this link to receive your credit and evaluate this program. The URL can also be accessed in the episode notes. Dr. Ravi Vij is a professor of medicine in the Division of Medical Oncology at the Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis. Dr. Martin is a professor of medicine in the Division of Hematology Oncology at the University of California, San Francisco. I am Candace Hoffman, Managing Editor of Morning Commute. Dr. Vij will begin our discussion. Hello, my name is Ravi Vij. I'm a professor of medicine at Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis. And today I have with me Dr. Thomas Martin, Professor of Medicine at University of California, San Francisco. We are going to be talking about some recently approved drugs in the treatment of relapsed and refractory myeloma. Welcome, Tom. Hi there. How are you? I'm doing well. So in myeloma, we have been so lucky over the last couple of decades that uh, we have had a constant stream of new agents uh, in our armamentarium, and certainly the pipeline doesn't seem to be thinning down. Uh, we've had uh, a few agents that uh, have been FDA approved in the last year, year and a half, uh, Selinexor, Isotexamab, and uh, Belantamab. So I think uh, it would be good to talk a little bit about how you are incorporating these agents into your practice. So Let's start out with isotuximab. Obviously, you've done some of the leading work with isotuximab, uh, some of the first publications. Uh, so tell us, how can we best utilize isotuximab in the care of our patients? Um, well, as you know, we at UCSF were lucky enough to be part of, uh, of many of the initial studies with isotuximab, and we did it together actually with you guys, Ravi, which is awesome, actually. Um, but it recently gained FDA approval uh, in combination with pomalidomide and dexamethasone. So it was a uh, triplet combination of isotuximab, pomalidomide, and dexamethasone versus pomalidomide and dexamethasone. And there was a marked improvement in progression-free survival. Almost a 12-month PFS with ESA PD and just over a six-month uh, PFS with PD, actually, which did better than what we would expect for PD. But certainly, the triplet was um, quite advantageous. And I think with those data, you know, using isotuximab um, as part of early relapse, and typically on label is two or uh, um, prior lines, two or more prior lines of therapy. It's a perfect place to use isotuximab. The therapy is actually given weekly for four weeks and then every other week ongoing. It's a little different than other CD38 antibodies, and it's given by intravenous administration. It can be given over, um, after the third dose, it can be given over 75 minutes, so it's actually fairly easy to give. 
And uh, again, it's very extremely well tolerated antibodies. So that's that is the population that I use it with, and commonly in the drug that I use it with, together with pomalidomide and dexamethasone. So I think that uh, isotuximab does have some differences, uh, even preclinically. Uh, it is uh, something that does distinguish itself somewhat from daratumumab. So can you expand a little bit on what were the key differences that you perceived in uh, the antibody that made you say that we need to uh, go and develop another CD38? Yeah, so in the development of the CD38 antibodies, um, they were developed based on what happens in the test tube. And isotuximab actually uh, showed the best uh, induction of apoptosis without cross-linking, better than any other uh, CD38 antibody. And with those data, we were hoping that it would align very well with some of these um, agents. In fact, we started a, a study with isotuximab uh, in addition to carfilzomib and dexamethasone. Um, and that triplet combination, we were, we were hoping that isotuximab would be um, uh, in synergy with carfilzomib in terms of its ability to induce apoptosis. Now, we did the initial phase one study with the combination of isotuximab plus carfilzomib, um, and we showed a very nice response rate, 70% in really refractory patients. And it went on to a phase three study of isotuximab, carfilzomib, and dexamethasone versus carfilzomib and dexamethasone. It's known as the IPEMA study. And that was just recently uh, presented at the European Hematologist Association meetings and also at ASHA this year, uh, showing a, a uh, really a marked improvement of the triplet ESA-KD versus KD, where after tw 24 months of follow-up, the, the PFS has, has not been reached. And I suspect the PFS is going to really be one of the um, highest in the relapse setting in the one to three prior lines, it probably will be over 30 months, which is pretty impressive for a triplet combination. So I'm pretty excited about that. And I think if there's a combination that I really like with isotuximab, it's together with carfilzomib. I agree. And I think that, you know, we do still tend to use these antibodies often in more than one line of therapy. And if one has used one of these antibodies in an earlier line, and you are wanting to use a CD38 antibody with a different combination, it makes sense to me to try uh, the alternative. Uh, and so I think that having two CD38-directed uh, antibodies is of great utility and could help our patients as well. Another drug that has been on the market for the last couple of years or so now is Selenexor. So obviously, this is a drug with a novel mechanism of action. So could you tell us a little bit about Selenexor, what its uh, utility today is potentially in patients with multiple myeloma in the relapse refractory setting? Yeah, as you said, Selenexor is a, a novel drug with a novel mechanism of action. Um, it's a selective inhibitor of exportin-1, or known as XPO-1. Um, and it inhibits the trafficking of uh, tumor suppressor proteins from the nucleus out into the cytoplasm. If we keep these tumor suppressor proteins in the nucleus, we're going to have more normal function. Cancer, center, uh, cancer cells try to actually export these proteins into the cytoplasm and then have uncontrolled cell growth. So this blocks that export mechanism, which is neat. Um, and in the STORM trial, which is a phase, phase two study, 
looking at really refractory patients. They were mostly triple class refractory, and some of the patients were penta refractory, meaning refractory to the big five, deratumab, lenalidomide, homolidomide, uh, bortezomib, and carfilzomib. Um, and in this really refractory population, they showed together with um, dexamethasone given orally twice weekly, um, overall response rate right around 25%. But in fact, I think just over 50% of the patients really responded because patients were progressing, their numbers were going up and it arrested the uh, elevation in their M proteins and patients you know, had stable disease or improvement in their in their proteins. And I think 50% of the patients had some, some type of response, which is pretty amazing. Now, um, there are toxicities from Selenexer. And as you know, Ravi, it does cause nausea, fatigue, loss of appetite, low sodiums. You, you do have to give them a fair amount of su uh, supportive care. Um, but that said, I think it's really good for the triple class refractory population. Do you use it, Ravi? Do you use Selenexor in that population? Yes, I, I certainly have used Selenexor in the same uh, triple class refractory population that you referred to. I have even seen responses in patients who have failed uh, or progressed on CAR T cells. So I think that the drug clearly has activity. And I think uh, combining it with uh, the bortezomib, as in the Boston study, uh, and giving the drug once a week does ameliorate some of the toxicities that you mentioned, though I totally agree that we have to be very proactive in terms of anti-emetic use and have patients, uh, if need be, come in, get some IV fluids to ward off uh, the toxicity. Usually, if you can carry the patients through the first one or two uh, cycles, it becomes more easier to tolerate. That is my own experience. Now, uh, another drug, obviously, that we have uh, the first of uh, perhaps many to come uh, targeting BCMA, B-cell maturation antigen, is belantamab, mafidotin. So how have you incorporated belantamab into your practice? Yeah, this has been a nice, this has really been a nice addition to our armamentarium. It's the first one targeting BCMA. As you know, it's a monoclonal antibody that has a poison attached to it. Um, it's given IV over 30 minutes, once every three weeks. Um, but about three quarters of patients can develop from the poison attached to it, a um, toxicity to the surface or the cornea of the eye called keratopathy. In patients, there's a REMS program where um, patients have to see an ophthalmologist before initial dosing and before each subsequent dose. And the ophthalmologist looking in the eyes on previous studies have shown that about three quarters of them have some changes on the surface of the eyes um, called keratopathy. Now about half of the patients, you have to um, interrupt their dosing, give the ocular toxicity some time to improve, um, and then you can re-administer. Um, sometimes you can re-administer if it was mild, the same dose, and I usually change the frequency, give it every four weeks or five weeks or six weeks. Or sometimes if it's more Severe toxicity, uh, grade three keratopathy, or that it lasts longer, I might dose reduce. Uh, the typical dose is 2.5 milligrams per kilogram. I'll dose reduce to 1.5. But this is a very manageable drug. And as you said with um, Selenexer, I've seen some incredible responses with this drug, including people that have extra medullary disease, where I, I really wasn't expecting them to respond, and they've had some really swift and nice responses.
No, I agree. I think it is a welcome addition to our armamentarium. I myself have even proactively started using it, not in the three-week uh, schedule that it is currently FT approved uh, for, but I do space out everybody even proactively to four weeks. And the thing is that it has now got a number of trials exploring every six-week, every eight-week administration schedules, and that hopefully will uh, reduce the ocular toxicity of the drug because, as you said, it's a very active drug. And one of the findings from the registration study was that though, as you mentioned, quite a few patients have to hold the drug, that their disease uh, remarkably remained in control in most cases, uh, despite, uh, in some cases, fairly long holds uh, between doses. So I think this is a drug that, yes, you have to have your patient see an eye doctor uh, uh, before every dose and does add to uh, the complexity of care, but it is well worth it for patients who have a triple-class refractory disease, I think. And I, as you said, like you, have had fairly uh, great uh, results in uh, patients in terms of efficacy and do have to, however, be very careful about the ocular toxicity of the drug. So I think that uh, we certainly uh, have had three uh, new drugs uh, that we just talked about that we have been able to incorporate into our armamentarium in a more relapse refractory setting, but I'm sure that these drugs are also going to move into earlier lines of relapse refractory and possibly even into one-day frontline therapy as trials with these agents uh, in all those lines of therapy are ongoing. So thank you very much for this excellent uh, discussion, Tom, as always. Uh, I think that uh, we hope that this pipeline of drugs will continue to come at the pace that it has been coming. Totally agree. Thanks, Ravi. Thank you. Remember, to receive your credit and evaluate this program, please visit morningcommutepodcast.com forward slash multiple myeloma 2. For all the episodes in the six-part series, please visit morningcommutepodcast.com forward slash multiple myeloma. Thank you for joining us today.